Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's show, what do you believe? Not as in religion, but what are some of the beliefs that you carry around with you? The mindset. And how does that affect your life, your behaviors, how you respond to those more challenging moments that you face, your last 8%? In today's show, that is what we will explore. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as you are able, letting go of whatever you were thinking or doing or planning, getting outside of your head and getting into this moment. We do that by paying attention to our physical sensations. So just feel your feet on the ground. And just arrive in this moment. At the last 8% morning, we walk. We move as we are able. And we build a practice, a habit of mindfulness, of emotional intelligence, of courage. So that we can be better in those more difficult situations that we face those last 8% situations that have an outsized influence on our career, on our relationships, on our life. And so we get into this habit. And if you're new to the podcast, we follow a discernible morning routine. Although some people don't do this in the morning some at lunch, some after work. So we start by moving. But actually, we follow a BIG structure that includes a couple of things before we move. So in the morning we wake up, we don't look at our phone because that just pumps excess cortisol into our system. We don't need that. We have enough cortisol as it is in the morning. But what we do is we follow this BIG structure. So we make our bed. And then we take four or five minutes, sometimes more, and we read a book. Something that will inspire us. Might be from our own individual religion or spiritual tradition, or it could be philosophy or psychology. It doesn't matter. But we, that's the second B. And then we get out and we start to move. And we get into our body and our breath. So these are all the B's. Then we have an idea of the day, that's the I. And then we finish with goals and gratitude as a way to kind of get us focused for the day. 
So it's so great to be with you today. And again, just see if you can let go of thinking and just be in your body. Feel from the top of your head down to your toes any physical sensations that are most acute. So in my middle back right now, I feel on the right side just a little twinge, kind of an unpleasant twinge. What do you feel in your body right now? Fantastic. Now feel your belly rise and fall. This is another thing at the last 8% morning. We develop this mindfulness practice so we can stay and not run when things get hot. So we're, we have a refuge in our body, in our breath for those moments when things do get more challenging. And if we can do this, then we can find that courage inside of us. This is the how of leadership. So just right now, soften your hands. Relax your heart. And just stand tall, look around, and feel grateful. How fortunate are we to be able to practice, to have resources like this available to us? Fantastic. So we're going to move to the idea of the day a little sooner than normal because there's a lot of good stuff that we want to get to. So again, stand tall, look around, feel grateful, feel your body. So you want to grow your career. You want to lead your team in an effective way. You want to help your organization achieve great things together or your family to you know really be a connected family whatever it is but you face challenges you know good people leaving the organization for greener pastures you know in this great resignation or disruptive change maybe there's a transformation going on in the business and it's hard and there's a lot of work so you got to do your regular job and you've got this extra transformation going on or maybe you have a manager who's not easy to deal with and you realize there's a lot at stake if you're not able to face these challenges head on because you know that these challenges will define your career and your relationships, these last 8% moments. So you decide, okay, time to step in and you know, find that courage. I have a question for you. What is the mindset that you carry with you as you are stepping in? What are the beliefs that you're carrying with you as you step in. So first of all, what is this mindset? What does that mean? Well, it's a set of beliefs. So kind of mindset and beliefs are very similar. But these beliefs shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. It influences how you think, how you feel, how you behave in any given set of circumstances. But especially when we're under pressure, like a last 8%. I'll give you some examples. This is kind of fascinating research. And a big part of the podcast, as you know, is we want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to become a student of human behavior. And so, 
let's dig in to some of these kind of interesting examples. Probably the easiest belief or mindset to visualize that has an effect on outcome are placebos, which is, as you probably know, a sugar pill that has no discernible physiological effect on the body. And yet, if we hold a belief about that sugar pill, let's say that it will relieve anxiety, for instance, this will turn on our internal pharmacy, which will turn on our parasympathetic nervous system, cause a whole cascade of chemicals and and neurophysiology, which decreases anxiety. Yet it's a sugar pill. That's it. That's all. But that's the very real effect that our beliefs have on our internal pharmacy. And, you know, I have to say, I think most of you know about the placebo effect. But what about some other things? How about exercise or how we eat? Right? Because when we exercise or eat in a certain way, we want a certain effect, an outcome. Right? So that outcome could be to be healthier, to lose weight, to gain muscle. could be anything. And you would think that the outcome that we're talking about would be driven principally by what and how much we ate or how much and what kind of exercise we engaged in. Makes sense. But that's not the case. We get an outcome from both exercise and what we think about the exercise. We get an outcome from both what we eat and what we think about what we eat. And this is not like psycho babble mumbo jumble. Now there's really good data to back this up. A couple of my favorite researchers, one Ellen Longer, she's at Harvard, and somebody who studied with Ellen, Elia Crum, who, who's now at Stanford, but did some of this research with Ellen at, at Harvard, they found really interesting study. I want to share this with you. So they looked at cleaning staff at a, a bunch of hotels, seven hotels, I think. And each of the cleaner cleaners would, in their, you know, through their work, would routinely meet, you know, exercise guidelines that have been put out by the federal government, right? So they just, they did on a regular basis. And so researchers conducted a very simple 20-minute intervention they, they had two different groups. They informed one group of workers that they were meeting their daily exercise needs. They said, hey, did you know that just by the physical job that you're doing, you're meeting your daily exercise needs? And they explained the benefits to them in 20 minutes. The other group, a control group, were given information about recommended exercise levels, but were not informed that they routinely met their required physical activity levels through their work. So this is just a, so they did nothing different except 20 minutes saying, hey, your work is good exercise in the other group. Your work is your work, right? Nothing was different between the two groups. Except that one saw their work as their work and the other, their work as good exercise. That was the only difference. That was the only belief or mindset difference. And amazingly, after four weeks, not four months, after four weeks, when the two groups were compared, the experimental group, which is one that said, you know, your work is also good exercise, showed a decrease in blood pressure, 10 points, which is significant, that a decrease in weight, in body fat, in body mass index, and waist to hip ratio. 
These results are nothing short of incredible. There was no difference in what the two groups did, but one had a different belief. And that different belief affected the outcomes. That's for exercise. That's amazing. Let's use another example. All right, we talked about placebo as one example. We talked about exercise as another. What about what we eat? So again, another study by the same group of, ex of uh, researchers. They had two groups, given the exact same milkshake. I hope it was chocolate milkshake for those of you who don't know I'm addicted to chocolate ice cream. None, nevertheless, these two groups were given the exact same milkshake, but with two different labels. One was told they were drinking a high caloric indulgent milkshake. The other was not given that same label. So get this, the ones who were told that they were drinking something with lots of calories had their ghrelin. Now ghrelin's a hormone. It's known as the hunger hormone, right? When we have more ghrelin, we want to eat. When we have less ghrelin, we don't want to eat. Okay, it's a hunger hormone. So let's go back. The ones who were told they were drinking something with lots of calories had their ghrelin go down threefold compared to the group that did not have this label. So their ghrelin went down because they had this belief they were drinking something with lots of calories. So they were satiated far more than the group who drank the exact same milkshake, but who were told it was not particularly calorie rich. Again, the only difference, they had the same drink. The only difference was the belief they carried about that drink, that milkshake. That is just incredible. I hope you're tracking on this. Okay, what about another example? Stress. We can see stress as enhancing or as debilitating. Both are equally plausible. And in fact, you know, in our work, working with organizations, we train them to deal with pressure and manage emotions and lead more effectively and achieve great things together. We see in teams, people reacting to the same stress in completely different ways. Some seen it as enhancing, some seen it as debilitating. I've seen that at Olympic games, same thing. I've seen it with NFL and NBA teams. And what's interesting is that our beliefs about stress, either enhancing or debilitating, changes a number of things what we pay attention to, what we are motivated to do, what we feel and expect to feel, what our bar bodies are prepared to do. In other words, how we see it. The same situation creates the reality and goes a long way to driving the outcome. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. So naturally leads to this next question. When you face a last 8%, a, a, you know, a significant challenge, what is the belief you are holding on to about it? Say so you have a, 
a challenge in a relationship. It could be at work, it could be at home, but you're stuck and there's tension in the relationship and it makes you feel awful inside and you don't really want to deal with it, but stop yourself for a moment. How are you seeing it? What are your beliefs about it? What is your mindset? Are you seeing it in a negative way? Are you seeing it as something that is happening to you? Or are you seeing it as something more positive? As something that is happening for you? And I have to tell you that this is one of the central challenges we face. We don't know that we have beliefs about these things. Number one. Number two, we don't even know what our beliefs are about these things. And yet, our beliefs about these crucial last 8% situations that have such an outsized influence on our success in life and on the quality of our relationships, these beliefs drive the outcomes of these important last 8%. So with one belief, we see it as something that is happening to us. And because of that belief, we become more of a victim, a little more passive, a little more likely to give up. And more likely to feel badly about ourselves and have our internal reputation go down, which then will affect the next time we face the last 8%. With the other belief that a last 8% is happening for us, not to us, but for us. And we still have the same challenge to face, but we stop being passive. We start to see ourselves and it, it's subtle at, at the start, but we start to see ourselves as heroes in our journey or heroines in our journey, as someone who is using this challenge as an opportunity to get better, to transform themselves into a better version of themselves, a hero on a journey versus a victim where the world is conspiring against them. What are you? George Bernard Shaw said, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And that's what this belief around last 8% can do. It can help you create the best version of yourself. We are going to die soon. Sorry, it's true. We have very few moments on this earth. You don't want to waste moments. You want to live every moment you can. You want to become the best version of yourself and have the kind of impact you want to have in the world. That's the last eight percenter. And it's in you right now. And it starts by being very wary about these beliefs and mindsets that we hold when it comes to our last eight percent because they just do have a far greater impact on the outcomes that we desire than we realize. It is so great to be with you. So standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. We're going to move to our three by three. And by the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. It really makes a difference for other people finding us. Share this. If you have a friend who's going through a challenging time, share this with them. Join our Facebook group. There's lots of different resources there. 
But let's go to our three by three, which is three mindful breaths right down to the toes, calming this body. And now gratitude. You can choose three gratitudes that you can feel instantly grateful for, or you can choose to think of a time when a friend was challenged in a situation and you showed up in a particular way that had a very big impact on them and they felt some strong emotion because of how you showed up. And so this is the receiving gratitude. And if this doesn't make sense, go to our gratitude series, The Science of Gratitude, because there's some really neat, new and uh, cool neuroscience research on the best way to practice gratitude. Fantastic. Now let's move to three goals. What do you want to get done today? What kind of three big rocks do you want to focus on that would really make a difference, really make you feel productive? What's the signal? What's the noise? Fantastic. As always, I love spending this time with you. I hope you are enjoying this time as well. Let's take this energy now, right? This momentum, this focus into the day. Let's make it a great day. I want to finish with a Michelangelo quote. I've used this before, I think, but it's so good, I got to use it again. He said, the problem human beings face is not that we aim too high and fail, but that we aim too low and succeed. The problem human beings face is not that we aim too high and fail, but that we aim too low and succeed. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>